Hear ye, hear ye, oh yays, oh yays, and all that jazz. Welcome to the 192nd day of the year, which is also somehow International Town Crier's Day. So I am honored to be here to present to you another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a publication that entered its third year this week with this 406th installment. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, ready to bring you as much information as I can, updating what it means to be a town crier in these fragmented times. On today's program, an update on COVID-19 in Virginia as the BA5 Omicron variant wave continues. Louisa County's Board of Supervisors gets a briefing on a regional hazard mitigation plan, but also wants to know more about its purpose. UVA will ask to demolish an apartment complex from the 1940s with no specific plans for the future of the 4.1-acre property. A longtime official with the Charlottesville Fire Department now works for Albemarle County. And an audio piece funded by the Charlottesville Sister Cities Commission makes its debut. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, since the very beginning of this newsletter, one longtime Patreon supporter has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants, and summer is in high gear and pollinators are active. Want to learn more? Visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 2,132 new cases of COVID-19 today, as measured through the PCR test conducted in healthcare settings. The seven-day average for positive tests is now at 23% today. Dr. Patrick Jackson is an infectious disease expert at the University of Virginia Health System. We are seeing quite a lot of community transmission um, of, of COVID-19. As you're saying, kind of the, the numbers listed for numbers of infections in the community are going to be artificially low because some people are doing home testing and those kind of don't go into that, uh, into that pot. Dr. Jackson said this is a similar pattern to what was seen during the early days of the Omicron wave last fall. He said what's known as the BA5 variant is not leading to as many hospitalizations or deaths. He's encouraging that the numbers of bad outcomes um, don't seem to be going up nearly as dramatically as we've seen in previous uh, in previous waves. So this does look to be, um, you know, uh, probably another period of time in which uh, many people will become infected with COVID-19, may become symptomatic with COVID-19, uh, but probably would not expect to see another big wave of hospitalizations um, or deaths um, from this virus. Dr. Jackson said it still makes sense for people to try to avoid the virus by getting boosted and by wearing masks while indoors, especially if you are immunocompromised. If you're going to if you're going to be masking, um, I certainly would use a high quality mask um, to try to get as much benefit out of that as, as possible. Um, no sense in making your face warm uh, to no good end. So, so might as well go with a higher quality device. For more information on vaccinations and boosters, visit the Blue Ridge Health District's website. 
an apartment complex on US-29 built in 1948 and owned by the University of Virginia since the early 1960s will be torn down rather than innovated. Here's a fact sheet that was sent out by the university last week. The University Gardens buildings have reached the end of their useful life, and UVA Housing and Residence Life has determined the best course of action is demolition, since maintenance and operating expenses have escalated to a level where continued operation is no longer economically viable. Necessary repairs included upgrades to electric systems, roof replacements, and HVAC improvements. A plan to demolish the structures will be presented to the Board of Visitors in September. Demolition would take place early next year, and the space will be converted to parking in the meantime. There are no immediate plans for redevelopment at this time. The Board of Visitors' next regular meeting is scheduled for September 15th. There's a new Deputy Chief of Community Risk and Resilience at Albemarle County Fire Rescue. Emily Policia was named to the position earlier this month after serving 28 years with the Charlottesville Fire Department. In a statement, Albemarle County Fire Rescue Chief Dan Eggleston said that Deputy Chief Policia has a proven track record of success in establishing collaborative relationships with government officials, businesses, and community members. Policia began her career as a volunteer with the Charlottesville Albemarle Rescue Squad. According to the release, she has served as firefighter, EMT, captain, battalion chief, deputy chief, emergency manager, hazmat technician, SWAT paramedic, and health and wellness director. In the new position, the deputy chief will oversee the fire marshal's office and community engagement. Policia has been in the new role since June 21st. Charlottesville's Sister Cities Commission exists to encourage cultural exchanges between our portion of the 30th parallel with four communities across the globe, or five if you count Plevin, Bulgaria, as I do. One of the communities is Poggio i Caiano in Italy, and yesterday a new audio piece funded by a grant from the Sister Cities Commission made its debut. Uh, during the day, you can see also the, the oh. Dome of Florence, oh, wow. okay, wow. over there. Yeah, okay. Over there. Okay. Prato is over there. Okay. And this one? Oh, here. this is Poggio. Oh, Poggio. Charlottesville musicians Wes Swing and Kelly Libby traveled to Poggio this March to record sounds and local music. The result is a 32-minute piece called Story Musicali, Italian for musical stories. The work also includes songs and sounds recorded in Charlottesville, and the two are blended together into one soundscape. You can take a listen on YouTube. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out, by now, readers and listeners know WTJU's position on algorithms. But do you know that the radio station celebrates puzzles? In fact, on Saturday, August 27th, WTJU is organizing the Seaville Puzzle Hunt, a huge cerebral puzzle that will spool out across downtown Charlottesville. The Seaville Puzzle Hunt will take you and a team of friends on a wild afternoon, running around trying to untangle five diabolical large-scale puzzles inserted into the urban landscape. The opening clue will be read at 1 p.m. at the Ix Art Park. 
Find out more about this WTJU organized event at SeavillePuzzleHunt.com. One more story today. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission continues work on a document that's intended to coordinate regional responses to natural disasters and other calamities. Ian Baxter of the TJPDC presented to the Louisa Board of Supervisors last week. So the plan itself um, is essentially to prepare for natural disasters. We're looking to reduce loss of life, property damage, and disruption of commerce. I think I should reiterate before I get too in the weeds that this is a regional plan. So we're serving the six localities that comprise the planning district. Baxter said such plans were required by the Federal Emergency Management Agency as a condition of eligibility for some of its grant programs. He said the plan is based on an analysis of the most likely disasters. He said the plan is based on an analysis of the most likely disasters, the categories of hurricanes, high wind and windstorms, flooding, and winter storms all rank as the highest probabilities for this region. Before Baxter's presentation, several members of the public complained about a flooding problem in the town of Louisa. One supervisor noted that there was specific mitigations for each locality in the document, but wondered how that might apply to an ongoing specific situation. Here's Supervisor R.T. Tony Williams of the Jackson District. What does this document do for us? Right, so that's a great question. Um, so the action items sort of serve as a base for what localities might engage in. So these are aspirational. They're not tied, to, you're not tied to implementing all of these mitigation action items. What it does for you, I think, is give you a good blueprint for what you could expect to accomplish over the next five years. Baxter said having the plan in place would allow for federal funding to flow after a disaster. Williams was skeptical of this approach. It gives us access to funding after said disasters happen. And gives because, because we have a mitigation plan. Right. Just because we have one. We don't have to do anything with it. We just have one. We sat on the shelf because we spent money creating a plan that gives us access to mitigation funds after a disaster happens. Correct. That seems totally backwards to me. I'm sorry. Williams said he was not interested in what plans are for other communities in the area, but wanted to know what the plan could do for Louisa. Supervisor William Adams said he was concerned about data from the National Climate Data Center on page H14 that summarizes the number of floods in the community since 2010 and the amount of damages reported. Albemarle reported $50,000, where Green reported $4.777 million. And most other counties didn't report anything. We just heard people here talking about, um, Mrs. Wolfolk was talking about a $25,000 damage to their driveway. I've been to their house. I know their driveway. I know the culverts are talking about replacing. So it says that this data came from the National Climate Data Center. So obviously it's, it's not complete. Where do they get their data? Baxter said he did not know where the data came from, but that the TJPDC relies on the data coming from the federal government. Williams said he wanted a work group to be convened of Louise officials, including town officials, to see if they can mitigate flooding on a specific portion of Beaver Creek. The working group will be formed and the draft plan will return to the board at a later point in the future. Special thanks to Tammy Purcell of Engage Louisa for her help with not one fact check for the story, but for two. You should subscribe to Tammy Purcell's work at Engage Louisa to learn all of you can that 
she's much more in-depth about there than I will be, but it's great to be working together. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for International Town Criers Day. Now, just a quick little fact. When I put that little thing together, I don't really know what I'm going to do. At the very beginning of this, I really do just uh, see what's out there and just try to put together something that's maybe a little bit quirky. But, you know, it is pretty interesting because this program is now almost two years old. And I'm going to probably talk about that far too much over the next couple of days, but it is important because I think this work is important. And many of you think this work is important and you've been paying some portion of it. Some portion of you have been paying some portion and all that portions, etc., etc. If you have not been able to do so yet and you would like to, there are several ways to do so. One great way to do that is, of course, through Substack. If you do a paid subscription, the company Ting will match your initial payment and uh, that's really great and fantastic just to close out the show today there will be another installment of this program either on tuesday or wednesday uh i'm hoping to get as many as i can out this week because i took a little bit of a break last week and that really just bugs me i also do want you to know that it is also national cheer up the lonely day so do that if you can as well and uh, maybe forward them this newsletter Uh, There's a lot to listen to and to get involved with, and that's the whole point of all of this. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program and the president of Town Crier Productions. Thank you very much for listening, and see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.